Hello, Mighty Warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Tuesday, December 22nd, 2020, and this is day 1030 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we honor you and praise you. Thank you so, so much for blessing us to wake up to see a brand new day that you created just for us. Help us, Lord, to embrace this beautiful gift that you've given us to go forth and shake up the world today. Help us, Lord, to go and minister or share or encourage or uplift or encourage somebody today. Use us, Lord, mightily through the power of the Holy Spirit. I thank you so much, Father, for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask, my Lord, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Welcome to MI15. And I'm going to just send out a big shout out to my little Jesus girl, Savannah my granddaughter. (laughs) I only have one grandchild right now, but who knows? No, I have two. And my little uh, Loriana, who is my, uh, my family that I have brought in that whether they want to be or not. (laughs) So I've got a lot of family members like that. So Loriana, good morning to you as well. So today's message is, you're here to shake things up. Yep, that's your purpose. You're going to shake up the world and it's not going to always be inviting, all right? (laughs) You know how people say things after you kind of walk away? Yeah, you're here to shake things up. And this is what Jesus shows us. We're going to be coming out of Luke chapter 6, starting at verse 6 through 11, how Jesus shook things up And he already knew what the people were thinking, and it didn't matter. He continued to shake it up even more. (laughs) So let's look at that. Luke chapter 6, verses 6 through 11, it says, On another Sabbath, he went into the synagogue, talking about Jesus, and was teaching, and a man was there whose right hand was shriveled. Now, let me just say this about the Sabbath. Um, So the Jewish leaders um, and Jewish people would, and, and, uh, you know, uh, Christians, believers uh, would adhere to the Sabbath day uh, and keeping it holy. Uh, Don't work on that day. Don't do this or don't do that. But there's some things that the uh, (laughs) Jewish leaders added extra things to that Sabbath day that you can and can't do. And a lot of man-made things have have become associated with that. So this is what we'll be learning more about today. So he says, okay, so on on another Sabbath, he went into the synagogue and was teaching and a man was there whose right hand was shriveled. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus So they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew that they were, knew what they were thinking and said to the man with the shriveled hand, get up 
and stand in front of everyone. So he got up and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? Mm, Very good questions to ponder. He looked around at, at them all and then said to the man, stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was completely restored. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were furious and began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. So they cherished the Sabbath, but yet their hearts were ready to kill a man, Jesus, the Savior. That doesn't make sense, right? Uh, Jesus, I mean, God rested on the seventh day. Uh, and so we too, that's why many people say they they do nothing on the Sabbath day. Uh, so now uh, let me go to my points, reading point number one. The religious leaders were more concerned about protecting their laws. They added to God's laws. So it was really all about them. Than freeing, uh, than freeing a person from painful suffering. That's being more legalistic, uh, being more concerned about man-made things than, than being uh, concerned about, uh, about uh, what God would have us to do. So uh, I'm saying they were, but you know, sometimes we can fall into that same trap. We're, we're more concerned about uh, this law that we think um, we're adhering to, but yet we are actually uh, putting someone down. Uh, we're actually, uh, like Jesus said, he says, <laughs> do you want to do good or do you intend to do evil? Uh, are you here to save life or destroy it? Jesus said, I came here uh, to give life and that much more abundantly. So in doing so, He saw that it was important for this man to be healed, whether it was on the Sabbath day or not. We can get so blinded by pleasing a person or a bunch of rules that God did not create that we become consumed and distracted to the point that we're no longer concerned about the needs of others. But Jesus knew their evil plot and he shook things up by going against their cultish laws. So not the laws of Moses that Moses put in place, uh, but these are laws that they added to the law of God. Now, you know, and so that uh, was more so about themselves. It was more about worshiping them instead of God. He asked, this is what Jesus asked again, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? You might have people that say, okay, I am going to recognize the Sabbath day and do nothing. Uh, But we must also recognize, are we still uh, doing God's will while we are doing nothing? Are we helping the poor? Are we uh, gossiping? Are we, uh, you know, putting others down? You know, so we could be adhering to one thing, but yet uh, 
totally going against God's guidelines in another way. So we all have some work to do. <laughs> Let's just say that. I know I do. So the religious leaders chose to destroy life. But Jesus came to give us life and that more abundantly. Point number two. As human beings, we tend to fall into the satanic trap, uh, to these satanic traps, because the idea of whatever that is that Satan throws at us lines up with our style, our mindset. It feels comfortable. So when we fall in, into a certain uh, religious, uh, cultish way, when I say religious, that's not, I'm not speaking of godly things. I'm speaking of man-made things that we can fall into the trap. Like, uh, um, you should not wear uh, makeup or you should not uh, <laughs> wear this type of clothing. Or you, Jesus didn't care about the clothes you wore. God didn't. <laughs> he looks at the heart of the person. He doesn't look at what we have on on the outside. So if you wear this certain outfit or this certain type of clothing, in some people's eyes, you're going to hell. Well, thank God they don't, they're not God <laughs> because we would all be doomed. Many of us, I know I would have a long time ago. Uh, so listen, it's, so we tend, the enemy will come at us with things again that, uh, that sound good to us, that line up with the way, the patterns in which we think, our mindset. So it feels very comfortable. But when we line up with God's will, it won't always feel comfortable. It will go totally against totally against our mindset, our way of typically handling a situation. For example, if someone does us wrong, our natural mindset will be to pay them back by doing wrong to them to make things even, right? You spread lies about me, I'm going to hit you uh, harder. And not only tell lies about you, I'm going to set you up and video you and put it all out on social media for the world to see. And the cycle never ends. That's why there's so many killings today. Because the cycle of people taking revenge against each other. But really, the bottom line, the root cause of it is Satan. But here's the other part about that root cause with Satan. Sometimes we can give him just too much credit. <laughs> it also lies on us because God has given us a choice. We have a choice. We can choose to do what is right in his eyes or we can choose to do what is wrong and follow Satan. So we don't have to do what Satan does, has us to do or puts in our face or be deceived in that way, if we're doing the will of God and if we're studying our word and knows what it says, we should love one another as Christ loved us. All right. So Christ loved us to his death and rose up victorious over death, hell and the grave. So we should put others above ourselves. That's what the Bible says. Um, listen, this cycle I was talking about, about killing one another. And, and I know and I'm not saying you do that, but I'm just saying in general, this is what happens. And that's because we're focusing on the wrong thing. We're focusing from the flesh. We must take on the mind of Christ. 
spiritually in order to respond to evil in God's way. God said, vengeance is mine. Now, I'm going to go to Romans chapter 12. I want to read this to you because I want to make sure that you know from the word of God what God says. All right. Um, uh, And I think I think let me see. Uh, all right, so let me go ahead. Oh, there's so much here. And please read Romans chapter 12. The whole chapter it is magnificent. The whole Bible is, but I, it, this is powerful. All right, so Romans 12 and starting at verse 17. This is Paul speaking. He says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you. Live at peace with everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Aha. So, He's saying, and then he says, in doing this, and then he says, do not overcome evil, but do not overcome, uh, do not be overcome, I'm sorry, by evil, but overcome evil with good. And the, the heaping, what does it mean? The heaping, heap burning coals on someone's head is this uh, is something from, uh, may refer to an Egyptian tradition of carrying a pan of burning coals, charcoal on one's head as a public act of repentance. So by doing this, you're going to cause them uh, to repent or cause them to feel guilty to where they're going to want to do what's right in God's sight. Uh, (laughs) So one of the things uh, that I want to also share with you is uh, in Romans 12 and 9, it says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Verse 10, be devoted to one another in love. Okay, remember that. Honor one another above yourselves. That's what I was saying before. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. That is what we should do as believers. So this, when I was, uh, when the Lord gave me this, the one of the first things that came to my mind uh, as an example in real life was my colleague uh, and and a few other of my colleagues, we were doing a training and we do them online. Uh, and uh, we work with different people. And, and in this at this time, we're working with educators, and I admire and appreciate all of our educators. You have your hands full, and we appreciate you so much. Uh, but this is something that was said uh, during this training. My colleague shared an example of uh, when we are uh, when we are working with others in a restorative process, and how. Uh, you're going to, the way we are to treat students and others when they are, their behaviors might be out of line and they get put out of class. Their their behavior, there may be a challenge, all right, with their behavior. That doesn't mean that they're a bad person. That normally means that there is some unmet need, that something is wrong. And how, how do we get to what that need is? So, 
Uh, we're in schools when schools are open. We're always there. We're working with students and, and with teachers, but a lot of times with students and doing mediations with them and doing one-on-one uh, processes to find out, you know, um, what's going on and help them to in helping them to resolve the conflict. So a student uh, was having an issue, sent them to my colleague, and this student said to my colleague, get out of my face, you bald-headed bee. Until <laughs> called him a B, the B word. So as an adult, we would think, right? You're not going to talk to me like that. You're a kid. I'm an adult. You better, go, you know, you could lose it because you weren't expecting that. And uh, in in some generations, you know, the way we were raised, that that is just taboo for a child to talk back. <laughs> Listen, these are these are our children, but yet they were birthed by someone else the children were working with. So anyway, my colleague said he did not. He just let it go. He didn't say a word to her. He let her go. He just said, all right. Uh, and he recognized, though, that it wasn't about him and and that it was about something else. Oh my goodness, some of these educators were furious and they said they should have been suspended and put out. They they should not be cussing in school and not doing this and that. Well, I'm going to tell you, every school I've been in, there's a lot of cussing going on by students. <laughs> I mean, you got what you might call good schools and you might have some that are called bad schools. But each and every one of those schools, you've got cussing going on by students. So if we if we get caught up in that, we'll never get to the root of the issue because that's where Satan wants us to get hung up at. He wants us to get hung up right there. So now we're in constant uh, battle, you know, and nothing gets resolved. Like, you need to stop that. Well, you make me, you do this, you do that. We're back and forth. But if we are wise and understand as we're here to shake things up, God is going to show us some things and let us see beneath the surface. And so my colleague was able to see beneath the surface. He said, no, he didn't think that that was a good idea to suspend her. And here is why. He said, I encountered her again. And this time she can sense that I really cared because I didn't come at her in that typical way. See, the enemy wants her out of school because if you can get them out of school, now you can have the more they're out of school, the more likely they'll end up into juvenile detention. Uh, uh, just with one uh, suspension, a child uh, is so much, they have so much of a higher percentage of going to juvenile and then from juvenile to jail because it's just becomes, to be, it begins to be a part of the pattern that has been uh, systemically set up in, in our world. And so when we see that and, and those systems are put in place by Satan, the enemy, but he works through people. So we're here to shake up the system. And while we are, while he's doing it the opposite way that is uh, traditionally done, he was able to talk to this young lady the second time he encountered her because she knew, okay, this isn't going to work. And she said, well, Mr. So-and-so, here's what's happening. And she began to break it all down to him and let him know. And I can't remember exactly what it was, but so many of the stories are heartbreaking what our children are dealing with. And he was able to help her resolve the issue, whether it meant having a conversation with the whole family, uh, bringing the family together and having a conversation with the principal, the teacher, whatever that was. 
And that situation was resolved. And there was another student that was able to stay in school and not get suspended simply because my colleague, and his name is Larry, I'm just going to put it out there. Larry chose to shake things up and do it differently and do it in a way that was going to bring about more of a healing process than a destructive process. Just like Jesus said, he said, are you, do you want to do good uh, or to do evil? Do you want to save life or destroy it? Well, if we're going to take on that mantra, we're going to be shaking things up because we're going to go against uh, rules and, and guidelines and, and things that have been engraved into the system for so long that people are not willing to change. But when they begin to see the evidence of of what you're doing according to God's will, then things will change. When they see you walk in the room, they see Jesus Christ, you know, because you are representing him. He lives in you and they're going to want some of that. (laughs) Oh, glory to God. If you don't know Jesus is your Lord and Savior, Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Glory to God. I love you all so, so much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May be gracious unto you, show you his favor and give you his peace. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Oh, and I forgot to mention this. After my colleague shared that story, those educators began to see things in a different way and were willing to make some adjustments. That's what I'm talking about. Yes. Now, (laughs) please don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E, Be Like Boy, U-Y-C-K-S, Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. Also, you can check us out on any of the other podcast outlets. Please subscribe to our website by entering your first and last name and receive the four Greek words for love and learn more about God's amazing agape love. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.